All right, all right, here we are yet again with another episode of English and Coffee. It's your wonderful host, Demian, and today we're over here at McDonald's. We have a proper cup of coffee. We have an iced caramel coffee. It's a large, so I think this is about, let's look at the cup here. It doesn't have the ounces on it, but I guess it's about a good 24-ounce um, large caramel iced coffee. We're sitting at the intersection of Walmart, uh, food, food Line, not Food Line, uh, Aldi, what is that, Verizon, trying to read across the street. This is, uh, what, on Parkside Drive and 10th. So we have a few things going on. We're at a busy intersection. Got a lot of cars coming in, a lot of cars coming out. You may hear some people pull up next to me. Uh, some people peel off. A lot of people like to rev their engines at this intersection because it's right next to 33, which is one of these, I guess, these interstates. People like to uh, pick up the speed. So we have cops speeding through, people speeding through. So it's a busy area, a little busier than normal. But we're sitting here sipping on this iced coffee, getting ready to get this English in. Mm. That's, that's a good sip. This, this is a proper cup. I don't know what it is. Since I've started drinking this iced coffee, um, I've been on it. I, I've made some hot coffee at the house, and it's just not really doing it. I prefer the iced brew. Um, I went out and bought some more coffee yesterday. Just finally prepared another pitcher, so it'll be ready for me tomorrow, because you know you have to let it brew a good, good 12 to 18 hours. So it'll be ready for me tomorrow and Monday morning when I'm in there in the market doing my thing. But today we're going to talk about trusting the process. We may have hit on this before, but we're going to give you a couple different aspects to it. Um, because I think sometimes it's easy to, you know, feel that you're not having the results that you want. You know, you're sitting here doing all this work, putting this in, putting this in, and you're just not getting that turnaround. That's because sometimes it takes a little while to develop. But you have to trust the process and believe that what you're doing is the right thing and that you will get the results. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll take another sip of this lovely, lovely coffee. Mm. I hope you took a sip with me, and I hope your cup is halfway as decent as this cup I'm holding in my hand. Let's go. So, just a few more words about this coffee. I know you're probably like, dang, man, it's, it's just a cup of coffee. But it's not just any cup of coffee. You don't know what it's like to go to this gas station, go to this McDonald's, or go to Dunkin' Donuts, or just go to these different places looking for a decent cup. Because when you get a decent cup, right, I used to get a decent cup all the time. Like, I just pull up. They had a cup for me. It was either I was coming at the right time. The coffee was as fresh as it could be. They just made it. Or somebody took the extra time to put a little love and fulfill the desire of the customer. But whoever hooked this, this coffee up right here, I mean, they, if you could tip them, this would be the person you would tip. I mean, this is when you want to walk back in and say, who made this coffee? He says, I did. Man, you, you did your job today. I should go in, I should go in there and say that. That's how good this coffee has me feeling. <laughs> if it was just a little better, I probably would have already went in there and, and told his manager that he needs a raise because this, this man knows how to make some coffee. Hmm. But either way, like I said, trust in the process. So when we talk about trust in the process, okay, so we're going to, we're going to focus it on what you got going on. You're learning English. That's why you're listening to this podcast, right? So you're sitting here, 
couple months in, year in, two years in. If you guys don't notice, this is part of the psychology that goes with learning a language. Skill is one thing. Anybody can pick up a book and read it, right? But to continue reading it and develop consistent habits over a long period of time, this is where the psychology, that mindset comes in. So this is a little bit about the mindset associated with learning a language. I know what the struggle is like because I'm sitting here, what, going on my sixth year in Russian. So how have I been able to maintain this pace and still have this zest for language? Um, so back to you, English, right? You're studying, you, you've got a good grasp of the language, but life is happening. Work, demands, family, kids, just your, your situations change. Your priorities are, are shifting. But English is still something that you want and desire. And you're sitting here and you're like, well, you know, in the beginning, all I had to do was read a chapter or two or watch a film or two and that was enough. Right? You look at your little vocabulary list and that was enough. Well, the thing you have to understand is that these are stages. In the beginning, all anyone needs is to learn about, what, 50 or so introduction statements, you know, useful phrases. Hi, my name is, I'm this old, I have three kids. I work here, blah, blah, blah. The basics. Everybody gets that. Doesn't matter what language you're studying, right? Then you go into the dates and the times, right? Well, I was born in 1863 and my dad died in 1432 and I moved to Israel and now I live in Spain. And I mean, you know, all that type of stuff. So after you get past that, then you talk about relationships. Then you start to niche down. You talk about maybe religion. You talk about politics. All those topics they tell you to stay away from in the beginning. Why do they tell you to stay away from that in the beginning? Because, one, when you're just starting out, you really can't express your opinion fully, you know, a fully developed idea. And you may say the wrong thing in the wrong way, and it may touch someone the right way, and they may explode on you. So until you fully develop a full conversation, yeah, those are kind of topics that they encourage people to stay away from. But if you're anything like me, you probably dabbled in that, you know, out of the gate. If somebody asked you a question, you did your best to answer it. But here's the thing. So you're you're going through and you just don't feel like you're really getting anywhere. You feel like you're treading water. Right? You're sitting here, you say, I'm doing all these things and I'm just not getting the results that I want. Well, then you take a look back and you see that here you are halfway up the mountain. You have to trust the process. You have to trust the process. And at the same time, you do have to look at your process. You have to understand it better than anyone else. Because you're the person that has to walk it. That's just like a teacher. They make lesson plans in school, right, for students. Student comes in, they're expected to learn the following objectives. Maybe it's to learn their multiplication tables, maybe it's to learn all the 50 presidents, or maybe it's, it's to learn, you know, the countries and the capitals and the states. They have clear objectives for their students. Student comes in, in this year's time, this is what they're expected to learn. Where, where, what, what is your plan, right? What is your plan? What plan do you have for learning? Since you're not someone who's probably sitting here, you know, with a teacher, you're, you're doing things like me, you know, learning languages on your own, you have to kind of create your own plan, a plan that works for you. Because what works for you won't work for somebody else. What worked for them, worked for them. But you're different. You're unique. They don't have the same demands, the same time schedule, the same constraints that you do. You find something that works for you. Now, you got to stop and check it every now and then. How was your English? Right? So let's say you have a clear goal, a clear direction of where you're going. You say, I want to be able to talk about politics, medical terminology, science, Scientology, whatever it is. 
Okay, there's your destination. How am I going to get there? How did I learn the English grammar? How did I learn the numbers? How did I learn to count? How did I do this? Look at what process works. Nine times out of ten, you find it's pretty much a similar process that you have to breaking things down. And this all transfers across all over all other platforms. So you may find that how you're learning this English, how you're expanding your knowledge, same way happens in other areas of your life with your profession. You know, you're somebody that just dives in head first, you probably did the same thing with language. If you're somebody that's more meticulous, likes to take their time, pick things apart, you're probably somebody who's sitting here three years, three years in English, can't have a full conversation. But then you see somebody else who's only been studying six months and they're having full conversations in English. How does that happen, right? You have to understand yourself. But once you uncover how you operate, how you think, how you work, what your process is, then you have to allow it to do what it does. You have to trust the process. So if you put time into these things, ironing them out, learning more about how you operate, and then applying those things to your English learning, you'll probably see that you start to have those exponential results. So let's say somebody is uh, three years in, blah, blah, blah. They got to a certain level. And now they just, they're like, okay, well, I know a lot of English, but I really, you know, I, I don't feel that I'm, I'm accomplished. I don't feel that I'm there, like where I need to be. It's like, well, how much further do you need to be? I mean, you already talk about your job. You got a girlfriend, you know, an American girlfriend or an American husband speaking English. Maybe you're using it at work, but you still want more. There's always more. There's always somebody who knows more. There's always somebody who can do it better, quicker, faster, right? You have to be clear on where you're going and what you want to get out of this. But just to say, I'm going to learn English, that's so vague. And that's almost set, setting yourself up for failure. Is what a lot of people do. You have to be specific. I'm going to learn English well enough to what? Right? Because even Americans don't know every English word and every English situation or what grammar punctuation is needed. Right? But if you want to function in English, you got to understand how you want to function in it. Like, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to use it to get a promotion at work? Do you want to use it to get a relationship? Do you want to do it just to read books? Understand these things. It's always best to do it, you know, in the beginning, to have a clear idea of where you're going in the beginning. But let's just say you're three years in your journey, and you're like, man, I would really like to get a promotion on my job. How can I use this English that I've already learned? Okay, now you need to figure out business English. You got to start to tie things in. So now you got a new course, a new direction. And then you focus your efforts on that. But you don't need to go out here and grab a whole freaking list of English words to learn. No, what you do is you start absorbing content based on business English. You start watching movies like The Firm, you know, law movies, The Advocate, um, anything interesting. Uh, what is that movie about the, uh, the stocks, you know, The Boiler Room? You just start watching content, reading books, reading magazines, reading journals. So you don't need to learn the basic principles of the language anymore. You just need to learn how to apply it. So again, this goes back to something I talked about in one of my uh, podcasts about using the English language. If you just collect English words and put them in a drawer somewhere, you could, you, you, you could expect to not have any growth. You could expect to not have any of the results that you dreamed of having if you're not actively implementing it. Think of a gymnast. Gymnast, you see him on the mat, right? 
TV's on, cameras are rolling, people are in the in the stands, they're watching, the, the performer goes out there, does their little three to five minute set, they're flipping, they're bouncing, doing cartwheels and all these impressive acts, right? Now, they didn't just go out there and do that, you know, out of nowhere. No, every day they had been training, 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 flipping, getting scraped, having coaches, just just getting that that confidence in themselves. Now, from the, from the beginning, they imagined, oh man, one day I would love to flip, 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 do this twist, somersault, gainer, all that stuff. They envisioned it, right? But they didn't know how to do it. Then they learned how to do it, right? And if you notice, each one of those tricks kind of builds on the next one. You can't do a somersault unless you can do a cartwheel, right? The front flip, twist to the back flip, you have to learn all those things piece by piece. So there is a process to learning these things. But after you perfect one or two of these things, or not even perfect, but just at an adequate level, right? Proficient level to repeat these things consistently. Do one flip, two flips, three flips. You can't do a 10, 10 backflip uh, routine if you can't do the first backflip. You have to do, be able to do the first one right. Do the first one right, then you add on the second one. Then you get the third one. You're like, okay, well, I can do four, but there's a reason that you can only do four, and this person could do 15. There's a reason. So it's not just the backflip, it's the technique. So you start tweaking, you start narrowing down, drilling in on what's really working, what's not working. So by the time you're sitting here doing 15 backflips in a row, that first one is, is butter. You, you can do that backflip like breathing. That's the same thing with English. As you're learning English, as you're speaking English, you're reinforcing what you already know. You're building upon, just like a muscle. You're working it out. You have to work it. But if you're just somebody who, I'm going to read this book, right, and never talk about the book with anybody that speaks English, what good is that? If you're just going to sit here and memorize a whole list of words that you're never going to use, it's pointless. You have to actively use it. Then your brain knows that it's important. So once you iron that out, you trust the process and you repeat. It's rinse and repeat. It's not hard. It's not difficult at all. You know, the other day uh, when I was recording um, one of my uh, sections in uh, Espresso, there's a little piece in there where I did a little a little French, right? Just, just a little French. And um, I was watching some of the videos on there, you know, people speaking French. And I was like, man, I said, I could. All right, hold on real quick. We're going to let this uh, fire truck pass. This is a fire truck. Well, it sounded like a fire truck. It's an ambulance. So I guess those cars that we saw speeding down the road, well, I saw speeding down the road. You may have heard them speeding down the road. Uh, maybe somebody flipped their wheels or something over there. Uh, sad, but it is what about going into 8 o'clock on a Friday night. Well, Saturday night, that's what people typically do. That's why I come out here. I do what I need to do. I go home so I'm not caught up in the chaos. But um, I forgot I forgot where I was. But I know I was somewhere along the lines of trusting the process. Understanding what you do. Being clear on what you're doing with your English. Why you're learning it where you want to go, looking back, what has worked, what's working, and trimming it down, narrowing it down. I told my mom the other day, you know, she she likes to cook, I like to cook, and she's she seems to be kind of impressed with the, the cooking that I've been sharing with her lately. And she's like, man, you know, where did you come up with this, or how did you get this? And she was talking about my process. She sat there and she watched me 
cook the other day and I was just looking at an empty mat in the kitchen. It was a corner and I put a mat down. I didn't have any vegetables on it. I didn't have my knife, none of that in there, but I was just looking at the mat. And she was like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm picturing the meal. So I'm looking at an empty mat and I was going through a hundred different scenarios of things that I could prepare and ways to prepare them before I made the first move. That's just how I operate. I kind of like to have a vision of where I'm going, have a plan of where I'm going. So once I saw it in my mind, then it was just a matter of making these items around me resemble the picture that I had. So with your English, have the picture of your English in your mind, where you want to be. Picture yourself speaking on that stage, picture yourself talking, telling a joke, you know, to your, your American friends or whatever, and then work towards making that image become a real thing. Because it, but you have to first have the image. That's pretty much the destination. That's pretty much the map. You figure out how to get there. I know it's a lot of babbling, a lot of rambling. A lot of times when I think I'm rambling, I go back and listen to it. And it's like, man, it's stuff pretty straightforward. But um, hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, it's it's the weekend. We're not going to keep you keep you too long. Uh, I mentioned espresso. Espresso is complete. Um, I've also uh, <laughs> recorded two books. I have two audio books. Uh, doing the art right now. A lot of great things coming out. Um, you guys will be hearing about that soon. A uh, little snippets here, snippets there. But um, yeah, life is good. Life is good. It's going to be a hot summer. It's going to be a hot summer. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be a hot summer. But I hope you all are well. I enjoyed you. And I will see you in the next one.